Mindful eating eats at the table as opposed to on the go. Mindful eating is slow and deliberate as opposed to fast. Mindful eating is about savouring as opposed to senseless eating. Mindless eating involves overeating, whereas mindful eating leaves room for more. I'm Dr. Mark Rowe and welcome to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. As a family physician, my expertise is supporting people in the areas of positive health and lifestyle medicine. Join me in conversations that share life lessons, health habits and leadership practices, focusing on positive psychology, lifestyle medicine and ways that enable you to live with more vitality on purpose. Appreciating that when it comes to your vitality, that everything is so interconnected. Episodes will air weekly and you can find me wherever you listen to your podcasts. And of course, on my website, drmarkrow.com. As a practicing family doctor with expertise in lifestyle as medicine, my purpose is to encourage and support you in terms of positive health, personal growth, and all things well-being. As I say, to never stop starting. Each month on a live webinar, I teach learning by doing and learning by being. The why and the how of health enhancing habits, giving you the science as well as support strategies to live with more vitality. I'd like to invite you to join my self-development club. To learn more and to sign up, visit drmarkrow.com. Today in the doctor's chair, I want to talk about a very important health condition known as excess visceral fat. And first of all, I want to say this is very, very different from weight. Your weight has many potential variables, including how hydrated or dehydrated you are, perhaps the time of the month, whether or not you've had a bowel motion. And BMI or body mass index is a well-known measure of weight based on your height. Originally designed by the insurance industry back in the 1850s as a way of calculating risk from a life insurance point of view. It defines being overweight as having a BMI or body mass index over 25. Now, I've seen many people with BMIs of of 26 who are serious athletes. You see, that's the thing about BMI. It is limited in that it doesn't take into account your muscle mass or your body frame, though it is a fairly good, at least, way of looking at sort of risk from a long-term health point of view. However, I've seen many people with normal BMIs who have excess visceral fat stores, and that's not good for your health. And we're learning that this visceral fat, sometimes known as middle-aged spread, it's far more complex to shrink than simply committing to a few abdominal crunch or sit-up exercises. So let's take a step back for a moment. I mean, I often... Uh, joke with patients, look, if, if you're on the moon, you would weigh a lot less than you do on planet Earth, but you wouldn't be necessarily any more or any less healthier. In other words, weight is mass and the impact of gravity. So it doesn't tell the full story about what's going on. And if we look at your fat stores, the majority, perhaps about 90% of your body fat normally is just below your skin. And this is known as your subcutaneous fat. And the other 10% is called visceral fat. It sits in the abdominal cavity and it surrounds the various organs. And it's when you have excess visceral fat that this can become a serious health hazard. And a good way, a very, very simple way of measuring your fat stores 
is simply to get a tape measure and measure the size of your belly, just at the level of the belly button, with your belly fully relaxed. In men, this should be less than 40 inches and women less than 35. And if your belly circumference is larger than this, it certainly suggests that you've got excess visceral fat. Now, ideal for a man might be less than 37 inches and ideal for a woman might be less than 32 inches. But certainly more than 40 inches for a man and more than 35 for a woman suggests excess visceral fat stores. And if you have excess visceral fat stores, you're going to be more apple shaped than pear shaped. And it's better to be pear shaped because if you've got that excess visceral fat around your belly, it has a significant adverse impact on your long-term health and well-being. Now, there's lots of factors that can influence your, your visceral fat stores. There's genetic factors, hormones, and, you know, the extra pounds that midlife can bring, they tend to accumulate around the belly area. And this excess belly fat, it can have significant downsides for your health because visceral fat produces chemical substances known as cytokines. And um, two of these that have been described include interleukin-6 and tumor necrosis factor. They're just kind of biochemical terms, but these substances, these cytokines, these toxic chemicals, they can increase your risk of heart disease. They can make your blood more likely to clot. They can raise your blood pressure. They can reduce your sensitivity to insulin, increasing your risk of diabetes. Furthermore, visceral fat is located close to a tube in the body known as the portal vein, and that brings blood normally from the stomach area to the liver. So chemicals and free fatty acids produced by visceral fat, they can get into the portal vein and go to the liver, which can lead to an increase in your total and LDL or bad cholesterol. They can lower your good cholesterol known as HDL and make you more re resistant to insulin, increasing your risk of diabetes. So as well as all of that, high levels of visceral fat can result in increased risks of heart disease, diabetes and other metabolic conditions, accelerated aging, osteoarthritis of your joints, memory loss and longer term dementia, sleep apnea syndrome, gallstones, fatty liver, and in younger women, a condition known as polycystic ovary. And one of the difficulties with visceral fat, it's not easy to get rid of it. You know, scientific research has shown you have to burn about three and a half thousand calories to lose one pound of fat. So to lose one pound of fat per week, you'd have to eliminate 500 calories from your diet each day. And at that rate, perhaps you could lose four pounds of fat in a month. And that's not easy. That can be very, very difficult. Of course, increasing physical activity will help you burn more calories. Exercise, particularly strength training, can also help build muscle mass. Paradoxes about muscle is that even though it's heavier than fat, it may not show on the scales because you might feel and look a little bit leaner, but you might actually be lighter. Everyone's different. There are many variables in how much physical activity it takes to burn a calorie. Obviously, if you're bigger and larger, the more calories you burn than if you're actually smaller. Men also have more muscle than, than women of the same size, and that also helps them gives them an advantage in terms of burning more calories. So I want to look at some of the ways that you can reduce belly and visceral fat. And there are five key ways. And to an extent, they're all interconnected. And before I talk about these five ways, I'd just like to mention for a moment, cigarette smoking. I'm sure most of you listening are non-smokers, but if you still do smoke, it would be wonderful if you could stop. And just as a reminder, cigarette smoking 
makes you more likely to store fat in your belly, in other words, visceral fat, as opposed to in your hips and thighs. And if that's not bad enough, cigarette smoking, as a reminder, can also cause diabetes and heart disease and lung disease and increase the risk of many cancers. You get the picture. It's never too late to stop. There's so much to help you. And if you smoke, talk to your doctor or health professional and you might get the support you need to make a long-term tipping point for better health. So just leaving that to one side, here are my five key ways to lower your visceral fat stores. And I have a mnemonic for this known as FEAST. F-E-A-S-T. F stands for food, not just what you eat, but when and how and why. E, exercise and movement. A, alcohol. S, sleep. And T, toxic stress. And in my experience as a GP, you know, for many people, many of these factors work in connection to a greater or lesser extent. And I think people typically think about um, losing fat sores. They think about food. They might think a little bit about exercise and movement, but they tend to forget about the importance of sleep, the impact that alcohol can have on them and the importance, the pivotal importance of recharging from stress on a daily basis. I just want to talk very quickly about about diet because, you know, there's so many other sources of of great information about diet and nutrition. But in terms of, of what to eat, and I've spoken about this in a previous podcast, the Mediterranean diet, it's about eating lots of color, trying to eat a rainbow in color each day, trying to eat real food, food that's good for you and eating more fiber because fiber makes you feel fuller for longer. You know, fiber rich foods include whole grains, beans, peas, lentils, chickpeas. Some research has shown that if you eat 10 grams of soluble fiber a day, you will build up less visceral fat over time. You know, think about two small apples or a half a cup of pinto beans or a cup of green peas. Eating more protein. In 2016, researchers performed an analysis of of, of 20 randomized control trials involving diet and weight loss. And they found that for adults aged over 50, they lost more fat and kept more lean muscle when they ate diets that had a higher percentage of protein as opposed to diets with normal protein intakes. And of course, protein does tend to make you feel more full, reduce hunger hormone levels, and it may also reduce what you eat at the next meal. So there are a number of factors that can impact on food in terms of what you're eating. It's also important to look at food density as well. A cup of grapes has about 100 calories, but a cup of raisins has about 480 calories. So you get the idea, you know, lots of fresh fruit and vegetables, they're full of water and fiber, and they will help you feel full without consuming a lot of calories. Obviously, you need to avoid or minimize the high calorie foods, processed foods, and, you know, watch your portion size. But on top of all of that, there's growing evidence that when you eat what you eat can have a big impact. And at a very simple level, keeping your eating and drinking to within 12 hours. In other words, if you have breakfast at eight in the morning, finish everything by eight at night, that means there's at least 12 hours in 24 for your cells to rest, to recuperate, to recharge. And if you're able to increase your eating free window, in other words, reduce your eating zone or eating time to 10 hours or even to eight hours, there is growing research that shows that that can be very, very good for you, that that can enable you to burn more fat, recharge from from toxic stress at a cellular level and enable you to boost your energy, optimize your metabolism 
and it may also support your longevity, increasing your health span, adding life to your years and maybe even more years to your life. So looking at your eating window, I think particularly avoiding the late night snacking. And in terms of why you eat, this is all about the idea of mindful eating. Mindful eating eats at the table as opposed to on the go. Mindful eating is slow and deliberate as opposed to fast. Mindful eating is about savouring as opposed to senseless eating. Mindless eating involves overeating, whereas mindful eating leaves room for more. There's a beautiful Confucius idea of harahashibu. Eat until you are no longer hungry as opposed to when you're full. In other words, eating until you're about 80% full because it does take the brain about 20 minutes to connect with the stomach that, that you've actually had enough. Mindful eating eats when hungry and mindless eating is about emotional eating. Mindful eating is attentive and intentional, whereas mindless eating is distracted or impulsive. And mindful eating is grateful eating, appreciating who's prepared the food, appreciating all the elements, whereas mindless eating is indulgent. And if you eat when you're distracted on your phone or you're watching TV, your brain won't register precisely what you've eaten. So not only are you more inclined to overeat, then you're also more likely to overeat at your next meal as well. So that's enough about, so that's F. That's enough about about food, the what, the when and the why of food. Number two is E, exercise. And, you know, exercise, as I say, is the greatest pill of all. It reduces circulating insulin and it causes the liver to use up fatty acids, especially those fatty acids that are near visceral fat deposits. So it can be fabulous and a wonderful way to burn visceral fat. Lifestyle medicine has the exercise prescription, which includes aerobic exercise, strength movement to build lean muscle mass and movement. Movement really is medicine. And, you know, I do see a lot of people, maybe they go to the gym, maybe they do exercise, but they spend an awful lot of their day sitting down. And the very simple idea of climbing just two flights of stairs every day can allow you to lose six pounds of fat in a year. So move as much as you can. Use the stairs instead of the lift. Take a stroll after meals. If you work at a desk, get up at least once every hour for a short short walk or stretch. It means a wonderful way to break the hold that corrosive stress hormones can have on you. If you can have a meeting, can you walk and talk? I call it talking. It's a wonderful way to piggyback one activity with, with movement and with more exercise. As Hippocrates said, if you're in a bad mood, go for a walk. If you're still in a bad mood, go for another walk. And think about having fun as well. You know, there are so many pleasurable activities to get you to move more and burn calories. Think hiking, think dancing. You know, in 30 minutes of general gardening, a 125 pound person can burn 135 calories. A 185 pound person can burn more than 200 calories. Quite simply, the more you move, the more calories you burn, and the more likely that over time you lose more of that visceral fat. A stands for alcohol because for many people, alcohol can be a blind spot and alcohol is rich in calories. A bottle of wine has about 600 calories. A pint of beer is 200. You know, and all those extra calories from alcohol have absolutely no nutritional value. Furthermore, alcohol reduces inhibition, it weakens your willpower. And if you do have a drink, I say less is more. Remember that it might throw your willpower out the window when you order your next meal as well. Alcohol can also affect your sleep and, you know, lack of sleep can have a significant impact on your willpower and on your food choices. S is about sleep. 
And it's really understanding that not getting enough quality sleep, which for most of us is eight hours a night, it simply makes you want to eat more because hormonal changes in the brain mean that you make more ghrelin, which simply says, give me food. You reduce leptin, which says I'm full up after eating. And you begin to crave more carb-rich calories, perhaps an additional 500 carb-rich calories the day after a night of poor sleep. Furthermore, you move into that stressed fight or flight state, which makes you more likely to not only release more cortisol, a stress hormone, but that in turn will release more insulin, which makes you hungrier and more likely to store fat. And finally, T. T stands for toxic stress because there's a very close link between the amount of stress we're under and our higher amounts of visceral fat. Now, what I'm talking about here really is chronic toxic stress. Acute stress is very, very important to enable us to perform at our best. So what I'm really talking about is that the chronic burn from low-grade toxic stress on a day-to-day basis week in, week out, year in, year out, without having daily habits to recharge from stress. You see, it's the it's the not recharging from stress that allows stress to have its, uh, its toxic effects. And all those stress hormones like cortisol are pro-aging. They not only cause accelerated aging, they reduce your energy and make you more inclined to store fat, as well as burning a hole in your willpower leading to more comfort eating and less overall mindfulness. That's why I talk about, you know, mindful presence and my pause technique, which you can download from my website, which is all about a simple, in the moment, one minute stress buster that allows you anywhere, anytime to recharge from toxic stress hormones. So in summary, excess visceral fat can become a serious health hazard. Understand the causes. Knowledge is power. Think feast. F-E-A-S-T, F for food, E for exercise and movement, A for alcohol, S for sleep, and T for toxic stress. Be patient, focus on progress, not perfection, and maintain perspective. Become a more active participant in your own well-being and allow yourself to improve your health span, add more life to your years, perhaps more years to your life, and live with simply so much more vitality. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. For further resources to support you to live with more vitality, please visit my website, drmarkrow.com.